Hi, Kendra. Welcome to season nine of Jeff's Podcast Academy. It's so great to have you here. So, please tell a bit about yourself and how you started in this marketing career, and you know your experience in the podcasting field and everything so far. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here because I do love podcasting and marketing. So um, I've got over 15 years of experience in marketing and advertising. 15 makes me sound younger than I am. Um, but I started in school. I majored uh, in mar- advertising and public relations and worked my way up at Chrysler to the point where I was the SRT marketing manager and then the Jeep advertising manager. And I loved it. Uh, at the end of 2008, they were offering people checks to quit their job. So I said, yes, please. And I went and found a job as the marketing director at HW Kaufman Group, which is an insurance wholesaler and focused on business to business. I loved it. I loved the change. I loved the flexibility. I loved the fact that the basics that I knew and had applied at Jeep and that everybody sort of knew was was new and different to everybody at Kaufman. There weren't a lot of different, um, I'll say, policies and procedures in place for certain things. And I was able to create that and implement that. Once I got my MBA from Michigan State University, I decided to go out on my own and help more small businesses, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits do better marketing, really focused on providing them with a return on investment for all of their activities. Makes sense. And, you know, one point I just want to ask is that you said uh, you just came out of your own, you know, to uh, do business and everything. In today's trend, you know, there are like tons of people getting laid off and people are pushing towards, you know, financial stability. So what would you say to those people like uh, since, you know, you're doing on your own, it's I know it's kind of like it has its ups and downs. We have any points for those people who want to start their journey on their own, who just got out of the nine to five. So if you're leaving the nine to five and starting out on your own, I'd say that the most the biggest thing piece of advice that I can give you is to be patient. Um, It's the hardest part of the whole starting your own business thing, at least in my opinion, it's the hardest piece. But it really does make a difference. A friend of mine told me it was going to take me about 18 months, which Mm -hmm. to really gain traction to the point where customers were coming, clients were coming back, and we were engaging in more and more things. And I would have to say that she's right on. She was exactly right. Not that I wasn't successful in paying the bills before the 18 month mark because the mortgage needed to get paid. Right. But I was able to really feel confident Mm -hmm. in the fact that I was out there and engaging with people and it really, really worked. And it just, there's very few people that do what they say and do it well. So if you do what you say, follow through and do it well and have a little patience, you'll be successful. Yeah. And you know, just to add that one point, I think the sentence that you said, there are only a few people that do what they say and do it well. Because uh, it's just my perspective is that there's a lot of people who ask me, how do I grow my podcast or how do I you know, grow my whatever thing that you're doing? They always say that that's a huge competition out there. But new businesses are like growing every single day and you just have to do something different and something well from the previous market competition. I think that would really work. Um, I mean, yeah, just at that point, I think a lot of people who are listening would definitely have an excuse. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. Just do what you're, what you're going to do. Do it well. Exactly. And everything grows. 
Great. So just to enter into a conversation, you know, about uh, email marketing for podcasters. Now, I have to ask this question because there's definitely will be tons of Google searches for this. So I have to put this at least for the SEO's sake. So is email marketing, you know, dead or is email marketing not worth to pursue? For those people who are asking this, what are your thoughts? Okay. So I love this question because I get it asked all the time. Yes, like you said, there's tons of people typing is email marketing dead into Google searches. That's crazy. So email marketing is still one of the highest returns on investment that you can get. Depending on which survey you're looking at, it's 38 to $42 returned Hmm. for every dollar you invest in email marketing. That's insane. Nothing else gives you that return. And if you're listening to anybody that's saying that email marketing is dead, then they just don't know how to do it or do it right. Uh, I think that's that's a nail in a lot of people's hands. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, I mean, it, it's not easy, hmm. um, email marketing. It is hard. It's hard to work on. But I think, you know, not everybody checks their notifications to see that you released a new episode of your podcast. Mm-hmm. Not everybody checks all of their social media feeds every day necessarily. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're going into groups and other places, right? Mm-hmm. You can't control where anybody finds your information outside of email marketing. I think mm-hmm. it's something like 98% of people check their email more than once a day. Yeah. That's huge, right? I mean, you've got a 98% chance that they're going to see your email. Now they might delete it because it's not relevant to them for that that um, email newsletter, but it doesn't matter. You're still reaching them. They're seeing your name. They're seeing your subject line. You're staying top of mind. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of email. Makes sense. And, you know, just to add, ask one technical stuff, I'm sure a lot of people would definitely ask me this. Um, how to actually make people see your email. So in what, in what sense I'm asking is, it's a lot of ways that it could go to spam. <laughs> it's a lot of ways that if you're emailing, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be cold email for podcasters specifically that uh, if they have to mail uh, a potential guest or it might be a potential sponsor. So to not go to spam, what do you say? Uh, is there any technical side for it uh, that, you know, our pod- as podcasters, we can actually uh, remove? Yes, there is a technical side that really, really helps, in my opinion. So a couple things. One, do not use the same email system that you're using for your regular business emails for your email marketing. You want to use an email marketing system that's going to keep you compliant. These keep two different IP addresses and things like that. And it keeps your regular emails from going into spam and junk, which is good, right? And then the other piece of it, first email marketing should be permission-based. People should opt in and sign up for your emails. That's that's important and that's first off, right? And then when you move on to like the technical pieces, all of the major email marketing systems have something called DKIM or authentication. If you Google it on their help sites, they'll give you the instructions and they make it super easy because they want your email to make the inbox, right? Mm. So it's there's a DKIM key and it what it is, 
in my words, is magic. Um, so what it tells people is when your email newsletter, your podcast mm -hmm. newsletter goes to someone's inbox, mm -hmm. their system sees this text at the top and says, is this really from Kendra? Okay. Well, I don't know if it's really from Kendra because this doesn't look like it's coming from Kendra. And so what it does is it sends a little message to your server, to your DNS, and it says, yep, it matches all good. This is really from Kendra and it puts it in the inbox. Mm -hmm. Now that's not going to get you out of the promotional tab of Gmail. I don't, I'm not a fan of Gmail, but um, it will keep you out of spam for the most part. Again, as long as you're doing permission based, add a little bit of the code and do the authentication and you'll be well on your way to making sure you stay out of the, the spam and junk folders. Understood. And just to add to that point, I think there is this thing called GDPR or, you know, some compliances because I tried this tool called, um, I forgot, Send in Blue or something. Some mm -hmm. lady name was that. And we, I, this was, it was just a test that we want to see how, you know, putting bulk emails out and see whether it's working or not. The one uh, issue I found is that uh, each country has a separate compliance. Like if in Australia, they're very strict. They can literally sue you for sending a cold email, you know, without any proper stuff. And for the same for the UAE and for US and a lot of other regions. So, you know, for those podcasters, uh, you know, who doesn't actually think of this, can you give them like a small warning? Like, please think of this before. Oh, you know, yes. Because so I'm talking you will have more authority to it. So, yeah, please. I'm ahead. talking to you about permission-based email. Okay. Yeah. That's the key permission based. They give you permission. If it's explicit permission, so they signed up and filled out a form, great. But there's also implicit and that's where things get a little bit gray on whether or not they're signing up. Always have a way for people to opt out or not sign up for your email newsletter in any type of thing that they're getting. I think that that's really important for people because again, you can go to your post office box or whatever and you get your mail and you get a bunch of junk mail and you throw it out, right? You don't care because you expect a little bit of that. When it comes to your email, if you get junk mail, you actually get upset. Like yeah. people don't want it. It's very personal for their email inbox. So don't do permission based. And if you follow best practices by sending people value for things that they request, you won't have any issues with GDPR and CCP and can spam and castle. And I can keep going on. there's a ton of those, but again, it, all of those regulations made email marketing better yeah. because it's, it's sort of crushing down on the people that aren't doing it right. So do it right. Do it with good intentions to give people that want your value, value. Great. So for those people who want to do it right and do it conditions and then, you know, create value, uh, can you give an insight on how to get started with the newsletters? Now, I just want to get one point because um, I really love this platform called Rev Review. I think it was uh, from Twitter because I was starting my newsletter journey uh, because it's a free tool actually on Twitter. I was actually starting my journey, but then when Elon Musk took over Twitter, he removed that tool. It was the only free, free great tool on Twitter and it had really great UI and everything. So would you care to give a few details regarding starting up a newsletters and some free tools uh, along that as well? 
Of course. Free tools, I think, are really important. So from an email marketing system, the one that I recommend is ConvertKit. ConvertKit's free up to 1,000 subscribers. Now, the only downside of it is that like there's some advanced features and things like that that it doesn't allow you to do. But mm-hmm. ConvertKit is free. Again, up to your first thousand subscribers. Once you grow beyond a thousand subscribers, hopefully your email marketing system is bringing you in some money. And then you can go ahead and start paying for the service to get some more of the bells and whistles. So that's first from a free standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is to people like to read stories. Mm-hmm. People like to hear stories. People like to have insight. So if someone's listening to your podcast, they want to hear what you have to share, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you send, you share a bunch of information on podcasting and podcasting related resources. People want that if they have a podcast. And so by emailing them, you're not bothering them. You're actually giving them what they want. And if it's valuable enough for you to create a podcast episode about it, right, then it's valuable enough for them to hear about it. So Mm -hmm. share that story, share that information. When you're talking about the fact that you had a newsletter and you started a newsletter and what system you use, that's a great introduction Mm -hmm. for what that did for your listening rates on your podcast. Now, for me, when I started promoting my episodes on my podcast, through my newsletter, my average listens went from 18 to 40. Wow. That's like, I mean, yeah, 40 is not huge, but still it's pretty big with all the choices they have out there. That's because I was reminding people and they wanted the value I was providing on the podcast. And I think reminding people is huge. Um, My number one podcast episode so far Another woman who was my guest on the podcast shared it out to her newsletter. Mm-hmm. I gained a ton of subscribers, but also her episode is the number one most listened to. So between both of that, both of those pieces, the value that I added by interviewing her and to her audience who wanted to hear what she had to share, which was mm-hmm. awesome. And then the value that I'm providing to people by reminding them that the podcast is there, what the episodes are about. Mm-hmm. They click on it. It takes up everything related to the podcast. And it also drives people to the show notes, which is one of my favorite resources. Wow. I think it's really interesting that, uh, so just one thing I tried, I think it relates to this as well. So when I was doing this podcast, I had thing called bonus episodes where I had fashion models. So when I had fashion models, I don't know what's the reason. Uh, that one of the episodes that I did with the fashion model was the first episode that had 100 listens. None of my other podcast episodes ever did that. So I think the point that you mentioned that when you guest share it, them in a newsletter, that is pretty great because I've seen guys like Matt Diavella, uh, Ali Abdul, you know, these guys have like huge, humongous newsletters. So when we, if we interview them and they are sharing their profile, we definitely will get a lot of listens as well. That, yeah, that's, that, I think that's a pretty good point to show. And you know, since we're talking about numbers, like, you know, you mentioned that around 50% of the listens were increased after, you know, sharing the newsletters, what would be the best metrics that, you know, because there are a lot of vanity, vanity metrics out that people actually go for, but when it comes to email marketing for podcasters, uh, what would be the best metrics for them to look after? Okay. Do not, do not look at opens. Nobody can. <laughs> okay. So you do want to take a look at your listens. 
was it should go up you know, when your email goes out. So, I mean, I can literally watch the, the listens spike up when my email newsletter goes out. But you want to take a look again at listens, but you want to take a look at clicks on the email. So when you're in your email marketing system, you want to take a look at the total number of clicks, where people are clicking and what they're doing there, because that's really important. That's more important than anything else. Apple, anybody with an Apple device with an iOS 15 uh, software interface or higher has the ability that um, to an opt into what's called mail privacy protection, MPP. And basically, Apple is pre-opening the emails. So your open rate should be going up and your click rate should be going down if you had started doing email before iOS 15, which was in September of 2022, I believe. Hmm. So when you're looking at your email marketing, you really want to be looking at cause and effect. So you want to take a look at the clicks because you want an engaged audience. So you want people who are clicking on your email list. You want to take a look at the unsubscribes. Yeah. Um, don't take it personally like I do. I really get upset sometimes when people unsubscribe. I'm like, but I thought we were friends. Um, but no, don't take it personally. Take a look at your unsubscribes and make sure that you're not seeing a spike in unsubscribes. So if you change the direction of your podcast, or if you are tweaking your audience, sometimes you'll see a spike in unsubscribes. And that's okay, because that's just cleaning the list of the people that you don't really want anyway. But on the rest of it, you really want to have people that are engaging with your emails. Um, so you you want a small but mighty list. And the bigger it gets, the better. But again, you want it to be engaged. So taking a look again, clicks, your listens and dry and, and tying the two amongst each other. And then how many signups you're getting. That's another great way to take a look. So you want to see your overall list growth going up. So more people coming onto your email list than are going off. So you mentioned uh, not to look at the open rates and, you know, just from my experience, I'm, I'm asking this question that, when I see open rates, I feel, okay, people are opening, but are not clicking. So from a marketing perspective, what you know everyone sees is that if they're opening, then okay, then subject line is good. The first few words are good. So if it's not getting clicks, then that's probably means that whatever text that we have added later, it's not better. So the conversion is not happening in that place. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah, there's a couple things there. So one, all of the opens aren't real. Because again, Apple yeah, that has awesome. over, I think they have 60 or 70% of all email opens are from Apple devices. So if you've got a bunch of people opening emails, they're not really opening them. Apple's hiding it and saying that it's opened, but it's really not. And so you can't use that. What I do is I have an Excel sheet that I use and I just type in the total number of clicks that I get and the number of unique clicks on each one. And then I track it against myself and use myself as my own benchmark. I want to be watching that go up yeah. based upon what I'm sharing. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And yeah, but I never thought Apple would be doing this. Oh, that's pretty creepy actually. <laughs> Well, what they're doing, so an open is really when people downloaded the pictures. So Constant Contact, ConvertKit, all, MailChimp, all of them, Send mm -hmm. in Blue, they all hid what was called a pixel. 
inside mm. one of the images. And when your email asked the server to give you the image, that is what counted as the open. You have to have that conversation with the server to be able to get the open, right? Yeah. So an open was just a vanity metric anyway as to whether or not they downloaded the pictures. Um, it wasn't necessarily really an open anyway. Uh -huh. And the reason Apple's doing it is so that, so I used to get like what device they opened it on, what time they opened it, all that uh -huh. other stuff. Yeah, Apple hides all that so I don't get any of it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the same thing happening with uh, downloads as well, podcast, because I've seen uh, experts talk that, you know, downloads doesn't necessarily mean that your podcast will listen. There are some devices where, you know, when once you publish an episode, it just gets onto the device. That means it's downloaded from their end. It's not necessarily that it is in your end. So, yeah, I think the same case go with that as well. And just to add to your point regarding the unsubscription, um, so... <laughs> Just a funny story that my first subscriber was uh, back in college when I started a newsletter and she was the first love of my life and uh, actual love. Like there were a lot of puppy loves. But this is the actual first love of my life. <laughs> and down the line, I think two or three years later, we stopped talking and she was the first person who unsubscribed from it. And that really did hurt a lot. I yeah. know. I know. <laughs> it's really like, did hurt a lot. But I thought we were friends. Yeah. <laughs> it did. And it, it really felt, uh, you know, a lot of, um, okay, okay, what did I do wrong? But I think, like like you mentioned, we also do that, right? When we go to a Gmail or any sort of, you know, tool that we're using for mails, we go to this platform where I see, okay, these are subscriptions. Okay, we don't need this. We are not checking out this anymore. Do we actually need this? So if you think from that perspective, I think it would cool our hearts. <laughs> I think that's the one of the ways that <laughs> we can actually do that. Yeah, and I think training yourself to celebrate when people unsubscribe, especially when they're not the right fit, that is mm -hmm. awesome, right? So you want people who aren't the right fit, who are not going to buy from you, who aren't going to download, who aren't going to sponsor, etc. Mm -hmm. You want them to unsubscribe because in the world of email marketing, you pay for the number, the size of your list, right? So you want only a list the people that are going to be engaged. Yeah. Right. I want people that I've got a chance of getting a return on, not the other people. Hmm. Plus email systems are getting really, really smart. So your hmm. Outlook, your Gmail, your Yahoo, whatever you get email in is also tracking what you're doing with these newsletters. So yeah. if you interact with a newsletter, it's like, oh, this person's sending good content. And if they see a lot of people getting that e newsletter and filing it for later or reading it or doing something with it, then you get better marks with Yahoo, Outlook, mm -hmm. Gmail, et cetera, which is all way better for your email performance overall, right? But yeah. if you've got a lot of people on your list who aren't reading it, who are deleting it, mm -hmm. um, not doing anything with it, then they're like, oh, she's not sending very much value. We should probably put her in junk for other people. So again, just a little bit of a flag. So again, yeah. unsubscribes are great. You got to look at it that way. And if you need to train yourself, reward yourself. Get, have a piece of candy or a pop or a soda or something like that to celebrate <laughs> you know, unsubscribes and saying, yes, my newsletter is getting more specific. If that'll help, that's something that I would do. And again, it's just up to you and how, what it takes to get over it. But don't get me wrong. Every now and again, when I see someone no, I think, on that list, I'm like. 
Yeah, I think that's a really great perspective, to be honest, because um, a lot of people today on Instagram or, you know, any social media out there where algorithm pushes them a lot. And uh, I've seen one guy talk where even if you have 500,000 followers and if you're trying to make a merchandise sale, you not you will not get one single sale done. That doesn't necessarily mean that your followers are fake, but they like your content, but they don't trust you enough to buy from you. So mm-hmm. out of that, if 100 people are buying it, that's what your followers are. So this is something that's been talked like, you know, from way before as well. But since in today's world, even Adele, uh, you know, the singer, she also mentioned that if people are doing songs for TikTok, who will do songs for our generation and, you know, all those things. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good perspective. I'll definitely you know, try to, you know, well, make And I love, I love what you just said. So you just said, you know, just having half a million followers isn't going to get you a sale. That's the same in email marketing. Mm -hmm. So you want people that are going to know, like, and trust you. And that's the benefit of the podcast. When people hear your voice, they build that no like and trust factor a little bit faster. And mm-hmm. because podcasting is built on some consistency, right? So you can take time off, but you're usually fairly consistent when you're releasing your episodes. That's important. So people see that consistency. They hear your voice. So they feel like they're having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, which I love, then they're starting to build that no like and trust factor a lot faster. So now they know you, they like you, you're consistent, they feel like you're friends and they're going to go ahead and trust you faster and then be willing to buy from you quicker. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good thing in the podcasting space as well. So, you know, just moving on to the final section, I just want to ask this. I always ask this guest, uh, out of the boss question, is it morning or evening that what time is it? It is 11.57 a.m., so almost noon. Yeah, almost noon. Okay. So the question is, um, who was actually the last person that you made smile yesterday? Oh, well, there's only one person I saw yesterday, which is good. So that was my husband. (laughs) (laughs) So he was the last person I made smile. I did something stupid, and I can't remember what it was. I think I walked into a table. And he's like, he just started laughing and he's like, so what did you do? And I was like, well, my hair got in my face and I didn't look where I was going. And I walked into the table. Uh, interesting. Great. So going on to the last section. Uh, so, you know, since we talked a lot about metrics and all the other factors. Now, we have talked about people who already have newsletters, someone who want to start. Now, let's say, for example, you have a newsletter and you want people to sign up from a podcast episode. So basically, the lead magnets and everything, right? So how would you say that? um, So for the listeners, at least, can you mention what is actually lead magnet and how do you insert that properly in a podcast episode? Great question. Okay, so a lead magnet is a downloadable. It is a free item and free is the wrong word because people are paying for it with their email address. So it's a guide. It's five steps to X, Y, or Z. It's a checklist on things to do when you've got your guest on a podcast or something like that, or editing your podcast or whatever it is, whatever piece of value you're providing. So again, PDFs are the easiest. Um, You can do audio files. You can do video files. Mm. You can do a t- mini courses. There are a million and a half different different types of 
downloadables or lead magnets. So the biggest thing is that it's something of value. It answers a question that your audience is struggling with, and it gives them a quick win. Those are the important pieces of a lead magnet. When you put that together, then depending on if you have an interview show like this or a um, solo show. So if you have a solo show, it's really easy to add the lead magnet in the show notes, uh, especially, or to work it into the actual show. So if you're going to talk about, so for instance, if I started talking about, let's talk about how to grow your list. I have a guide that's seven steps to reach your first thousand subscribers. So what I would do is I would talk about some of the stuff that's in the guide in the podcast. And I would say, and if you want more details or you want to download this guide, just visit KendraCorman.com forward slash 1000. And then I would say, download the guide for yourself. Because again, it's a free guide. They're paying for it with their email address and it works in organically with the conversation. If you're on a guest show, though, there's two sides of it, right? There's the host side, which is your side. And right now my, I'm the guest. So sometimes podcast hosts will hire, will highlight your downloadable for you in their show notes, which is always a nice thing to have. Mm-hmm. But if it, if you're the host and you're interviewing somebody, you want to be interviewing somebody on topics that are related to mm-hmm. the stuff that you have in your downloadables to an extent, right? So yeah. if you had a checklist on getting a podcast started, that would be perfect. You know, hey, if you're looking to get your podcast started so that you can start marketing it with email marketing, yeah. then download my checklist to starting your own podcast. Whatever that happens to be. So if you think it through that way in terms of how does it correspond or correlate to the content that's being covered in that conversation, Hmm. that's huge. Now, when I'm working on my podcast content, um, so my podcast has been around almost a year now, Hmm. and it's, I started by just like randomly interviewing people. (laughs) And then this year I started to theme the sections a little bit Hmm. more. I haven't stuck to it to the same level, but I find when I theme my months or my little, um, mm. my little snippets or whatever for like groups of podcasts on like SEO or list mm-hmm. building or mindset, whatever that happens to be, I am much better because I have resources for people to leverage that. And that's really what's key is to, again, think about your promotion, think about what you're working on, thinking about how your interview with whatever guest can help move your target audience or your listeners further forward towards their goal. But Mm. as they're moving towards their goal, you've got resources and information that can help them. So give them to them. You can work it in as a commercial in the pre-roll or the post-roll. You can work it in as just talking about it. You can put it in the show notes if there's not a good time to bring it up. Any and all of that works. I usually try to put all my commercials in the Mm. front because people listen through that. And then I always put my links in the show notes Mm. and then I'll try and mention it to people so that they hopefully tune in it again. Um, And then of course I have them usually in the email newsletter. Got it. And I think one point that he mentioned is putting the commercials and, you know, all this stuff before, because um, to be honest, I read this research where, you know, uh, in the Tim Ferriss podcast, 
where he mentioned um, there are a lot of people who genuinely ask for him to run the ads in the start itself. I have never seen anyone say that run ads for your podcast in the start because the way he narrates and you know put all the details and the information and everything. So I think you know like you mentioned for each uh, context, for example, you know uh, wellness or if it's like just for podcasting or just for you know things like that. I think yeah that'd be really better. Uh, yeah, that's a great point where you make different sections, especially if a solo podcaster, you'll have a lot of freedom on that. You know, uh, for me when I had for a guest show even bonus episodes. So yeah, I think that that's a really great point to add on that as well. Yeah. Great. So, um, you know, since we are talking a lot about uh, lead magnets and everything is done. So just for the main event, which is the podcast newsletter itself. Now, I just want to get a perspective from a guest show because I think a lot of people would want to start a guest show more than the solo episode at first itself. So how do you structure a podcast newsletter for a guest show? Let's say this is the show. Okay, I'm going to run a newsletter for the first time ever. So if you could give a step-by-step process, that would be great. Yeah. So first, make sure you have an email marketing system, Constant Contact, ConvertKit, SendInBlue, something along those lines. Um, You want something that's going to be easy to use. Most of them have a free trial. So sign up and check out the free trial. But when you're signing up for um, the email marketing system, then you want to start with your then load in your subscribers, so the people that have agreed to get your emails. Um, you have more people, especially when you're starting out, than you think. So make sure that you add some friends and family who will help spread the word. And oh, by the way, it helps keep you top of mind with them. And then they know more about what you're doing, right? So then when you're drafting the newsletter, there's a couple different ways to do it. But what I find is the plainer the newsletter the more reading and interaction I get. Mm. So my email is all text except for one GIF or GIF, however you want to say it. I say GIF, except for one GIF that I put in the middle of it that engages people and provides a little bit of entertainment, right? So when you're doing your email newsletter, Mm. you want to personalize it, okay? So dear Kendra, Right. So you want to start off with that. All email marketing systems, email newsletter systems will allow you to personalize and add the first name. So look how that is. Um, It's usually like insert greeting tag or something along those lines. So you'll do dear Kendra or just hey Kendra or whatever your style is. And then tell a story. Talk about why they should be interested in what you're doing. Write that email. Add in a GIF or a GIF whatever it happens to be, have a link to the podcast episode in the first third of the email. Mm -hmm. And then also in the bottom third or bottom half of the email too. I love to use PS and then have a secondary call to action. If you have one for a downloadable or something or to, Hey, don't forget to rate and subscribe or something along those lines with a link to the episode or a link to that person's website, whatever that happens to be. Um, Because the PS is really important because people read the beginning and then the end. And you don't want to hide the link to your Mm -hmm. podcast episode all the way at the bottom when you get around to it because people won't get that far down. So when you're doing it, again, write something interesting. Write to one person. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you've got an audience that's looking to start a podcast, talk to that person who's looking to start a podcast. Hey, 
I know that you're probably looking to start a guest show because mm-hmm. a lot of people feel it's easier than doing a solo show. I have to agree. I do think that's true. Um, and then you can talk a little bit about, you know, what's going to be in that episode. So when you're starting a guest show, here are three tips that our guest talked about. And then you can say, so listen to our most recent episode and we'll see you again soon. So, you know, again, it doesn't have to be long, but Mm -hmm. it has to be written to your audience. Know Mm -hmm. and understand what they want. Then at the end, you're going to go and take a look at your email. You want to make sure that there's a clear from name. So if they know you, you want it to be your name. They know your company better then you want it to be the company name. Mm. So when I was the Jeep advertising manager, nobody knew Kendra Corman, but everybody knew Jeep. So all the news emails came from Jeep, yeah. not from Kendra Corman, right? And then, so you've got the from name, make sure the from email is legit. No, mm. like Gmail, ideally, really like it to be at like at KendraCorman.com or something along those lines. That usually helps people believe it's more real. And it doesn't cost that much to get that. And then... You want to look at your subject line. So I encourage you to brainstorm your subject line. Take about, I don't know, 15 minutes and then just write down all of the different titles that you possibly can come up with that would draw somebody into it. Don't be afraid to ask a question. You know, hey, what are the three top tips for starting a guest show? And then that's the subject line. And then the pre-header, which I call the second chance at a subject line, which is outlined in all of these email marketing systems, they'll call it out. Mm. It's that preview piece. And so you can put there, you know, hey, my guest on this week's podcast covered X, Y, and Z. Mm. And then it just lures them into opening it and reading it. So again, you want to have a clear from name, from email address, good subject line and pre-header, You want to keep your email simple. So don't Mm. over design. If it's one big image, nobody's going to see it or read it. You want text in there and then you want everything to be clickable for the most part. You want your links to be clickable. You want your images to be clickable because people are going to click on that. And then don't forget your PS, some (laughs) sort of reminder for people because they always skim down to the bottom. And I would say my PS is probably my most clicked on link in my whole email. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's really great. That's really pretty detailed, actually. So thanks so much, you know, for saying uh, all those details. And uh, one point I just want to highlight is the thing that you mentioned is write to your audience individual, individually kind of way. Because I really feel like writing things in a you perspective, like uh, not in a generalized way. I mean, a lot of people will say that the value-driven content is basically how-to. But I think in today's generation, you know, in today's modern world, if you're writing content, like for example, how to, uh, let's say, use a virtual reality showroom, instead of that, they can write, you know, um, you don't want to visit a normal showroom anymore. Try this instead. This would be like, okay, uh, okay, the, this guy is pretty confident in saying this thing. Maybe he is right. So they will check out, okay, why? Because opinions are always like, you know, contradicted, right? So people will be like, how can he say that? I'm not going to check it out. I'm going to contradict. So I think that's more effective as well. So yeah, that's pretty good points that you mentioned. You know, thanks so much for giving a pretty detail on that. Oh yeah, happy to. You said be detailed. I can be detailed. I can go on how to write an email for hours, but I won't. <laughs> awesome. So Kendra, thanks so much again. Uh, you know, for hopping onto the show, it really means a lot. And we all, we discussed a lot of things in a, you know in great stuff. And uh, right now, tables turned. Uh, is there anything else that you want to ask me? 
So, um, so yeah, so I'd love to hear. So why did you start your podcast? Okay. So it, it's, it's pretty cliche actually. So I, I remember I told you the first love, you know, in the back in the college. So I got my heart broken and then I was like, uh, what to do, what to do, what to do. And I saw this advertisement of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk where he was saying that, you know, you pick up the phone and you just record it. And this anchor platform was starting then. I was always a pretty, you know, talkative guy. I really wanted to get, get some ideas, bring in people world. And I was that much of a sadist, <laughs> excuse me, where, you know, I wanted to ask people, uh, are they feeling the same as mine? So I started a business podcast as first. I just, you know, randomly interviewed people, you know, in different fields. I got a gist. I had a really bad phone. Still, my main aim, I didn't have a really main aim back then. I'll be totally honest. I didn't have any main aim. But I just earned my first uh, $100 by doing a small video editing for a client uh, through the podcasting that came through the podcasting. I was like, okay, some potential here. So let's take it out. And then I helped people in the content repurposing, you know, large kind of a lot of stuff helped them with the podcast marketing and then yeah ended up here with the email I marketing loved that story so <laughs> if you think about that story you liked talking to people you got a lot out of it and you wanted to share what other people were were talking about and their perspectives right yeah. that is starting with value you didn't go into this looking to make money necessarily off of the, the get-go right yeah i think that if you're going to start a podcast, starting altruistically and starting in a way that your focus is, again, is your audience first, mm -hmm. that's when everything starts to come from there. Exactly. So always start with your audience. If you're providing value to your audience, everything else comes with it. Same thing for email marketing. So that's good. Thank you. Great. So uh, Kendra, if people want to find you and your services and you know, your strategies on email marketing, uh, we'd love to hear those places. Yep. Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me, Kendra Corman. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. And um, again, Kendra Corman, Kendra Corman coach. Um, but if you're looking to connect with me and check out my email newsletter and get my email newsletters, you can check out, um, you can sign up for one of my downloads, KendraCorman.com forward slash 1000. It is a real downloadable to help you get your first thousand subscribers. And then you'll be automatically entered into my email marketing system where you will go ahead and get my weekly podcast newsletters. So Awesome. Looking forward to it. Oh, and then you can find me anywhere you listen to podcasts on Imperfect Marketing because marketing is anything but perfect. Ah, that's a nice intro, actually. <laughs> awesome. So, guys, I'll definitely link everything in the description below so you can go and check it out. And, uh, you know, in case of any questions you got email marketing, you can definitely ping her. And again, Kendra, thank you so much you know, for hopping onto the show. And, thank you uh, so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much. And, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.